Has the world gone crazy? Life is difficult. When you need help, where do you turn? Welcome to Christian Impact, impacting your life with spiritual truth. I am Dr. Kelly Blanton, and I'm sharing practical truths in the Bible that can truly change your life. Today is November 10th, 2022. We continue our series, Chronicles of the Kingdom, Lesson 44, Kingdom Freedom. In John 8, Verses 31 and 32, Jesus said, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. We're talking about kingdom freedom today. Jesus has told us that by abiding in his words, we are disciples, and the truth shall make us free. So, what is freedom? What is it not? Am I really free? Are you really free? How can the truth make one free? How can abiding in the Word of God make one free? How does that happen? Do I just read the Bible and just I'm just suddenly free? Can one truly become politically free, economically free, socially free if we just abide in the words of Jesus Christ? Is becoming His disciple and knowing the truth making us free? If one can become free through this process, can an entire nation become free? I think these questions about freedom is very applicable. Today, this week, not so much today, excuse me, but this week was election week here in the United States on Tuesday. I taught this lesson on Sunday before the election, and of course today is Thursday when I do the podcast that goes up for everyone to hear on that message. And so, is now after the election day, votes are still being counted. But we have this election, we have this privilege of voting, because we're supposed to be a free nation. Are we really free? If we abide in the words of Christ, we're supposed to be free. What does this mean? I hope these questions have you thinking. I want you to begin thinking about what is truly freedom. Because the Bible puts a lot of emphasis on freedom and the truth. And this emphasis is there because there is deception in our world. And specifically, the enemy has targeted to invert our perception. Inverted perception is deception. That's a tongue twister right there, isn't it? Inverted perception is is deception. But you see, what I mean by inverted, when you invert something, you turn it upside down, backwards. And today, much truth has been turned upside down and backwards. And you see, this inversion of truth, which happens, tends to have us looking at the Word of God as a bondage 
more than a truth. We look at the Word of God and we think that God is limiting our freedom. God is just limiting how much fun I can have. And of course, biblically that fun is really called carnal pleasure. We want to participate in carnal pleasure. Now that sounds bad, and it is bad. But you see, the word, the world, begins to invert the truth. See, I'm having a hard time with all these tongue twisters myself. But the world will invert the word and turns carnal pleasure into, it's just a fun activity. It's nothing serious. And it begins to invert the truth. And all of a sudden, our lifestyles begin to be drawn to addictions and bondages. Things that we would never choose. And yet, because of the truth being distorted and deception entering in, we begin choosing things that actually put us into bondage, which is not freedom. So with that, let's talk about freedom. Freedom means to be at liberty. I gave that definition and had someone roll their eyes at me. Like freedom means liberty. Roll, like really. Well, what does liberty mean? This is liberty. To make decisions without the despotic control of an external force. Now, what is despotic? Evil, cruel. Despotic is evil and control, absolute. So, if we have freedom or liberty, it means that we can make decisions without this evil, cruel control of an external force. Something outside of us. Some of the antonyms means opposite of freedom. A word such as dependence, restriction, bondage, servitude, slavery, imprisonment, and captivity. Here's a definition we really need to understand. Anything that brings someone towards dependency is leading away from freedom and towards bondage or slavery to that thing. So you see, when we're being led towards dependency, towards something, and is really leading us away from freedom. Now, this brings in the idea that, yes, freedom means being independent. We're not dependent on anything or anyone. We're independent. Well, there's a difference between freedom and independence. And this is where the church has been deceived. The church, we focus so much on independence that we forget what things mean. See, independence is freedom from authority. All authority. And that by itself is deceptive because to be free from all authority is also anarchy. And anarchy, although it may sound nice with freedom, is not nice to live in. You may not be under anyone's authority, but because you're not under anyone's authority, everyone is able to exert whatever they can exert over you anyway. And anarchy is always followed by some form of control and dictatorship because anarchy can't organize. And so when we look at this in spiritual terms, we are not called to be independent from God's freedom. See, to be under God's authority is to experience freedom. And this is this is some hard lessons we need to learn. But you see, we're, we're either slaves, we're either under the authority 
of sin, death, and the devil, the kingdom of darkness, that makes us a slave to that, or we are under the authority of God, his life. The Bible actually calls that being slaves to righteousness. It sounds bad. I don't want to be a slave. Let's see what the Bible says. Romans 6, starting in verse 16 through 19. And we'll continue reading the verse 21. It says, Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which you were delivered. Having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. Now, there's some heavy concepts, and it's almost hard to read at times. For example, it says, When you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. Well, wait a minute. That sounds like I get freedom if I'm a slave to sin. What that's saying is that if I'm a slave to sin, I am free in regard to righteousness. In other words, there, I, am, I am free that I have no part of righteousness. I'm totally free from righteous things because I'm a slave to sin. I can only do evil, sinful things. I'm free from that. See, we want to be free from sin. To be free from sin means I do not have this evil, this destructive force that's sending me to hell. I no longer controlled by the evil of sin. I am free from it. But to be free from sin is to be what? Controlled by righteousness. You see, to be a slave of righteousness isn't a bad thing. It's suddenly everything you do is right. How would you like to do everything right in your life and never anything wrong? So you want to be free from doing wrong and a slave to being right. Because if you're a slave to being right, that means that you can only do right things. And we want to be what? A slave to righteousness. It frees me from, from sin. If I'm free from sin, I'm free from death. I'm now a slave to life. It means I can only live. If I'm free from death, it means death cannot kill me. I'm, I'm free to live. I can do anything in life. If I'm a slave to righteousness, I can do anything in righteousness. If I'm a slave to sin, I can only do things in sin. I can only do things in death. And so, freedom, just by looking at those definitions, who wants to be free to live? Oh, excuse me, who wants to be a slave to live? I'm, I'm, I don't want to be free from life. I want to live life. So I want to be bound up from. So you see, our idea of freedom and liberty being controlled from dependence, I don't want to be dependent upon sin, it only comes from knowing this truth. The truth of what these things mean. The truth suddenly sets me free. I'm now able to live life because I'm free from evil. And these are these are things I know sometimes it seems like, really, is this going to help me live or understand but you see, the, the church, we've been deceived so much by the enemy into thinking that what God wants to do is, is pin me down, hold me back. God doesn't want me to live life. He wants to cut into my fun. 
when God actually wants you to live life and he wants you to be cut off from evil that's going to destroy you. And you see, our minds have been so controlled by carnality, by our flesh, and it causes us to be addicted. And you see, for the church, what happens is when this gets in is that it causes us to retreat into the walls of the church. It makes us isolationist. Because the word is sort of, you know, we, we look at, oh, yeah, the truth will set me free. And we sort of nod and go, yeah, 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 I agree with that. But when we're not actually living in freedom, we're not living the word. We're not, and we're, we're still in bondage. And because we're in bondage, we live in shame and addictions. And that causes us to hide. That's why so much of the church has been hiding in isolation. Because we're focused more on our problems rather than the potential and power of God. What I mean by that is that God has the ability to change my problems. God has the the potential to change all the issues of the world. But it means that we must what? Walk in faith. I must what? I must join myself. I must abide. That means to remain, to get inside what it is God is saying. I have to apply that in my life. John chapter 1 verse 14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You see, the Word is Jesus. Jesus is the Word. It says the Word became flesh. Jesus became flesh and blood. And he dwelt among us. He is the word of God. He dwelt among us. And then we beheld. What does it mean to behold something? It's not just seeing it like physically. It's, It's to understand, to perceive. I not only see it, but I understand I, I've got this knowledge and experience of it because of what is, I've, I've, I've beheld it. You see, we beheld this glory of Jesus becoming flesh, and he's full of grace and truth. So the word is full of truth, and he's here, and we must behold it. Now, as I say, we have beheld, there are some people that are lost, and they've never beheld Jesus. And there are Christians or people that think they're Christians because they've read the Bible, but they've never beheld or behold the Word. Now, yes, I've never physically grabbed a hold of Jesus. I've never, Jesus hasn't like stood in front of me in flesh and blood like he did with those original disciples. But As a believer, and if you're a believer, you know what I'm talking about. There's a time and a place where you have this encounter with God. You have this, you can't hardly explain it because it's not a physical thing, but yet you know it was real and was more real than the real things in front of you. And in that moment, you behold the truth. I have beheld the truth of God as, as, as if he's standing in front of me. He wasn't, but he might as well have been because it was so powerful. And that truth changes us. It frees us. And that's why we're called to what? Abide in Christ. Now, to abide means to remain, to be a part of. Um, 
we're, we're, to, we're to abide. Let's, let's look at a famous scripture, John chapter 15, verses 4 through 11. Jesus says, Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. But my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Now, there's some powerful words. There are powerful things in this scripture passage that if you can behold the truth, it changes your life. And we are to abide, to remain in Jesus. Now remember, he says, abide in me. He is the word. That's why it's so important for us to read our Bibles, to read the word of God. We need to be in the word. Why? Well, the reading process isn't what does it. It's not, well, I've read it and I've checked and checked that off. The work is not what does it. But when you read his words and all of a sudden you put those words in you, I'm not talking about the process of reading like you do a book or schoolwork or job work, but you read it and those words, they're going into you and there's you're something in your spirit and your heart that is taking those words and it's no longer just something on a page like a spiritual duty you're doing, you're wanting to know and remain in Jesus. And so you want to hear his words so that he can be in you. And you take that in there. And then it brings this part of what abiding. I want to remain in what you're doing. And as you do that, you begin to love the Lord more. His fruit, things like, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, those things begin to grow in your life you know that's why you keep the commandments you don't keep the commandments so that god's happy with you and that then that makes you love him you because you grow in love you begin doing what he wants you to do not because you have to but because you love him and you know it makes him happy and of course the big thing is is if you abide jesus says if you abide in me and my words abide in you you will ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. The key here is that by remaining, abiding in the word of God, the word of Jesus, you begin asking what you desire. You see, Jesus will change your desires the way he desires because you're remaining in his words. And so you begin to ask things in his words because that's what you begin to desire. And when you desire the word of God, when you desire the things of God, God, it will be done for you. See, many times our desires are not what God desires. And those things are not being done. God's not going to grant us sinful darkness wishes. He's not going to fulfill sinful desires. But when we abide and remain in Jesus, when we are in the Word, His desires are deposited in us. 
The word changes our heart and suddenly our desires become God's desires. And we ask for the things that God wants. And when we do this, he fulfills those desires for us. And suddenly we're showing ourselves to be his disciples because the disciple wants what the teacher wants. The disciples want to be like their teacher. And these things begin to come up and that glorifies God. And as that glory is being done, we're glorifying God by desiring what he wants and we ask for it and he's given it. That suddenly wells up joy. And that joy remains in us. Not only that, it says my joy because we make that makes God joyful and he puts that joy in us and goes what? It that joy, our joy may be full. We can have fullness of joy. And when we look at joy, what is joy? See, again, the world, the flesh, they consider joy to be a type of feeling, happiness. But happiness is fleeting. See, carnal pleasures never bring lasting joy. When I say carnal pleasure, I mean making your flesh happy. It doesn't bring joy. It brings a momentary happiness, but not, not joy. See, joy... A good definition of joy would be inner excitement of peace that endures. Joy is an inner excitement of peace that endures. Or a quick version, joy is peace excited. Did you think peace could be excited? When peace gets excited, that's joy. Um, you can be at rest and still have full joy. Because joy and peace go together. That's that's why when you indulge in carnal pleasures to be happy, what happens is that happiness is fleeting and goes away. And so then you return to depression. You, do, you return to darkness. You return to these things that are evil and no one likes that. And so that's these things with depression and why you, you go from depression and then you go, well, I just want to be happy. I just want to be happy. I want to be happy. Listen, all that does is swing you into addictions because it's fleeting. It's like a drug. You get this happiness and that's what you want to feel, but it goes away because it doesn't last. You see, joy is something that comes from the eternal prince of peace. So that's peace excited. You get the peace of God that passes all understanding. And this, this peace gets excited and it wells up and it doesn't go away regardless of your outside circumstances because it's something that happens in your spirit on the inside and once you get it it never goes away because it's there as long as you have you have Jesus you have this eternal uh secure thing and when i say eternal secure Jesus is always eternal he never goes away he never changes he is secure i'm not talking about eternal security once they've always said i'm not talking about Jesus he, he is eternally there and he's always secure in who he is and what he does. And if you have that in you, it, it doesn't change. We may change. We may run away from joy and that feeling, but he's always there. Happiness will leave you no matter how long you want to hold on to it. And because of that, it's like a drug. You want to get that drug back and it leads to addictions. And very quickly, three carnal fleshly addictions. The, the first one is having rule or authority over other people. This is the number one. You want to be better than them. 
You want to have power or control over them. We see this a lot. People trying to tell you, don't park here. Don't say that. Don't do this. I don't like what you said about so-and-so. It's all over the internet. That's why the censorship is people wanting to exert control over another. When we talk about kingdom freedom, this is obviously greatly opposed to freedom. It may make you happy, but you're destroying freedom. And ultimately, the deception is that you can't have control over anyone and you're trying to exert control only leads you to being controlled by others because you're constantly being felt like you're control being controlled and that's why you're wanting to exert more control. And it's an endless cycle and it destroys not only yourself but others. Uh, a second type of addiction is when it is it, with your flesh revolves around sexual stimulation and activity. And your flesh wants this thing for itself. And when I say sexual stimulation activity, yes, there's sexual immorality. Yes, there's sexual perversions. But this, this, this sexual thing also causes you to feed your flesh, not just in, 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 in areas sexually, but also you get you into a lot of your eating disorders, uh, pornography, things that you're looking at. Why? Because you just want to feel good. And you just want, I want my flesh to have recreation. And it's fleeting because it it destroys you. The same way overeating or not eating, you get the anorexia and things, it, 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 it's, it's sapping, it's just sucking things out of you until you look terrible. Sexually, it's the same thing's happening. It's destroying you, and you don't understand it, and you're looking for that moment of happiness and pleasure, and then it's gone, and it's fleeting, and it, and it causes addiction and destruction. And the last one I want to talk about uh, as far as addictions is what happens when you get caught up in the drugs, alcohol, and sub- substance abuse. You're looking for that happiness because of the things of the world. Many people that suffer depression and stress, um, they seek these things out. And it's entered the body of Christ. There are people now that go, well, if I just drink this one glass of wine, if I drink a beer, God's not going to send me to hell for this. Well, no, a glass. But the thing is, you're not drinking a glass. You're not drinking a beer. If you had a hard day at work and you come, man, a hard day at work, I just want to drink this drink to relax. You've already, right there, that's a sin. You've traded Jesus as your stress reliever, as someone we're supposed to bring our burdens to. You've already replaced him with this idol. You've already replaced it with this substance that wants to make you dependent on it and not upon God. You've given that over. And once you give that over, even though the justification is it's just one, the problem is it is not just one. And that's the deceptive lie. And next thing you know, you're abusing drugs, you're abusing alcohol, you're into addictions. It's taking finances out of your home. It's taking finances out of your pocket, out of your spouse's pocket, out of your kid's pocket. It's bringing stress into marriage and relationships. Believe me, any child that has alcoholic parents, you may think you're doing right, but I'm telling you they're living a nightmare. They're living a nightmare. And a lot of them, when they get older, they'll just turn to it the same way you did because it's, 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 a, it's a sin that travels in generations. And these are things only the Lord will bring freedom 
from these things. And to do that, we must abide in Jesus. We take these burdens to Jesus. He, he breaks the power of sin, but then we must remain in him. Getting free from him and having him free us from this stuff, it will come back worse if you don't put something in that place. Why? Because you, you're seeking that happiness. You don't want happiness. You want joy. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. And you see, that's why we need to abide in Christ so that his joy will become full in us. His joy can dissolve the lust for carnal pleasure. His joy can remove sexual morality and perversion. His joy can overcome bondages and addictions. His joy will help us to walk in true freedom. And so in saying this, we have to understand that this personal freedom that we want. Um, so freedom begins when we come to Jesus. Freedom begins when we receive his truth, when we abide in his word, when we make it part of our life and his joy becomes full in us. So what does this happen? Well, if I receive truth from Jesus, I become free. And my personal freedom leads to moral freedom, which leads to financial freedom. And if people do this, it will lead to political freedom because we are now free to make choices that don't make us dependent on others. When you go and you elect someone, if you're electing them because you're dependent upon them to do good things for you, you are enslaved. See, we're politically free when we're financially and morally free. And we don't become morally and financially free without becoming personally free. And we cannot be personally free until we come to the feet of Jesus and receive him, behold him in his truth and in his grace. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that you've come to set us free. You don't want us to be oppressed by an oppressor. You do not want the kingdom of darkness to enslave us into this cruel, despotic control of sin and darkness that seeks to destroy and kill us in ways that we can't even fathom, God. Lord, I thank you that you suffered on a cross and you died for me. You died for everyone listening to this message, God, that you love us and you came to bring us into your freedom, God, and, in, and, in, and into the life of fullness and joy that you have for us. God, I thank you for this in Jesus' name. We're going to continue talking about freedom next week. I encourage you, if you've not Listen to all the lessons. Please go back. You can find that at our website at christianimpact.net. You can also learn more about our ministry there at the website. You can contact us, ask us questions. And until next time, God bless. Oh.